Hey, what's going on? And welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour, a podcast where we talk to interesting people about interesting things in the world of pop culture. And this week, we have got one of my personal heroes, one of my favorite singers in the world from one of my favorite bands in the world. I've been a fan of this band for as long as I can remember. I'll never forget picking up their album when I was 13 or 14 years old, and I've been obsessed ever since. And I'm talking about Simple Minds. We have the lead singer of the band, Jim Kerr, joining us this week on the Rockman Power Hour. Oh my God. I Can I have some applause? I was hoping as a producer, <laughs> you were going to be able to put in applause, not just you applauding. Uh, that's my co-host, Ryan Stick. How are you, Ryan? Applauding. <laughs> yeah, can you can you fly in some applause, please? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Thank you. That's yeah. the, that is applause that is worthy of Jim Crow. Perhaps um, we need some fake studio laughter sometimes to uh, you oh, know, oh, lube up our jokes. Cue in some fake studio laughter. <laughs> uh, dude, uh, tell yeah. me all about Simple Minds. How did? What does Simple Minds mean to you? Because I see Everything. the way your eyes Simple light minds. up. Yeah. Simple minds meet every mean everything to me. Um, so much so that I, I this is an episode where I almost want to bring Julia in and have her. To, you know what? Let, let, let me go. Julia, you have a second. We, this is very unconventional. And usually Julia doesn't come anywhere out from behind the scenes. But this week she's coming. She's coming. She's on her way. Here she comes. All right. We're going to have to here, just, just pop a squat here, Julia. We'll move the UFC belt out of the way. Here, sit right over here. All right. So this is my co-host. This is our uh, producer, Julia Kajerski, who's a lot. Um, she's actually taller than she appears. She's just right. This is my young child, Julia. <laughs> she's six years old. <laughs> this is Julia. Julia, what we're, we're talking about um, Simple Minds. And Ryan asked me, what does Simple Minds mean to me personally? Because he saw my eyes light up. I want you to tell Ryan the story of when we first interviewed Jim Kerr all those years ago in the basement at metropolis tell ryan um my reaction well ryan so i knew their songs but i had no idea what they looked like right so i'm sitting with these guys and i don't know who they are and i'm just talking like as if you know for me it, he's jason's got a smile like this for him it's like you know talking to his idols and i'm just like yeah you know <laughs> and you just couldn't believe like that you know we were sitting there talking to Jim Kerr and what's his name? Charlie? Charlie Birchall. Yeah. Th th there you go. Tell him what you were talking to Charlie about. Beer? <laughs> no, whiskey and, and beer. Whiskey. You <laughs> say how much he likes whiskey and you were saying you love beer. And we had a beer together. Right. So he, she's getting sauce with Simple Minds and I'm like, ah. <laughs> Thank God Simple Minds didn't want to take her home. No. All right. Thank you, Julia, for making a guest <laughs> appearance on the Rock with Power Hour. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> you could go now. <laughs> you can go now. <laughs> Thanks, Julia. Thanks, Julia. Um, so yeah, um, there was a second part to that story where um, maybe I remember more than she does, but but that, yes, there was that part where we were in the dressing room and Julia was like, who are these old dudes we're talking to? And they seem so nice. Like, these are simple minds, Julia. Like this is a huge moment for me. And uh, But when I was sitting downstairs waiting for Jim Kerr to come mm. for the interview, uh, he walked down the stairs and he had this really nice um, beige trench coat on. And he, he always dresses really sharply. He always looks really well put together. And he came down the stairs and I saw him appear from, from, you know, from the stairs. And I was like, oh, and I almost cried. Wow. And Julia looked at me. She goes, 
and she's not telling she forgot this part of the story. She looks at me, she goes, What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, it's Jim Kerr. You don't understand. And she's like, and like, come on. Like, I'm like, no, you don't understand. That's Jim Kerr. She had no idea. She didn't know anything really about the band, besides, mm. don't you forget about me. So um, so this is a huge moment for the podcast and for me as a as a, a a lifelong fan because I love this band. They've been they've been that band that's been with me for every period of my life. And it's always that comfort music that I go back to. Um there's so much more about them than the Breakfast Club song. Of course. They didn't even, they didn't even write that song and they didn't even want to use that song. Um they were approached by somebody who uh wanted to place them in a soundtrack and get them more attention in America. Mm. And they met with a guy who was a songwriter and he's like, listen, I'm a huge Simple Minds fan. I've got every record of yours. I love this band. I wrote this song that'll be perfect for you. So imagine you're a Simple Minds fan. You love Simple Minds. You want to get one of their songs placed into a soundtrack. You've mm. got a beeline to get on that soundtrack because you know someone who's producing the movie. And you're like, I'm going to write a song for fucking Simple Minds that's going to get them on the soundtrack. And they agree to do it. And it becomes their biggest hit. Mind boggling, but there's a lot to this band. They started off as an, you know, they're from Scotland. They started off as an art rock band, um, which Jim will, you know, allude, alludes to when we're talking. And um, they're just one of those bands that just kicks ass. And I saw them when I was 15 years old and then they didn't come back to Canada for years. And when they finally came back and I was working at Shome, I went and I interviewed them at Metropolis and it was just an incredible experience. So to have them on the podcast, um, you know, a couple of weeks before their new album, actually their new album is coming out this Friday. Uh, this is really, really cool. So without any further ado, Ryan, here is me and Jim Kerr. And you, you will see, I'm very, very happy in this interview. Hey, how are you? I can hear, but I cannot see. You, you can hear, but you can't see. That's yeah. probably a good thing, but, uh, <laughs> but let's, <laughs> <laughs> but let's see if we can spoil it for you. Okay. Ah, there he is. That's great. How are you? Very nice. Very good. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. So we met um, in Montreal when you did your first show back in Montreal after the lengthy hiatus. I don't know if you remember. All righty. And I came to Toronto the next night. Good man. Yeah. Good to see man. you again. Nice to talk to you. Thank you for for having me back. Dear Jason. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited to have you. Um, I've had a chance to sit with Direction of the Heart. And um, I, you know, I I really, really like the record. And um, and I find that the more I've gotten a chance to get into it, and I've gotten into it. And I'm, I'm a bit of a Simple Minds nerd, okay? Great. I mean, I go I go way, way back. <laughs> oh, great. Fantastic. <laughs> so I, I tend to analyze a little bit. And I tend to uh, to hear things maybe the casual listener won't hear. And I heard a lot of stuff in here that made me say, these guys are getting a little sentimental. Um, and and it was nice. Uh, and so I, I do, age. <laughs> but I, but I do want to I do want to dive into some of the stuff on the record. But first off, how does it feel to be back, um, you know, with the potential of doing shows again, uh, with things kind of opening up and the world being a little bit normal? It must feel good. Ecstatic. I mean, really, uh, we all went, the whole world went through the most mind boggling experience ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, certainly not something that none of us could ever, I don't think, imagined outside of a Philip K. Dick novel or something. <laughs> but um, 
No, it it you could feel it in the air at the gigs as well. Not only band and the crew audiences, there was an definitely an extra free zone, just that being back. And and for us, um, you know, this is what we do with our lives. It was weird to um have it come crashing to a halt. Yeah. And then especially those first couple of months where the hype was at a peak, you know, people will never travel again. People yeah. will never go to cinemas or theaters again. But, you know, it was like, geez, uh, really? Um, and, and, and who knew, you know, because it was that overwhelming. So, um, yeah, it's, it's um, not that we ever didn't enjoy it before. We've always tried to... Um, appreciate the the opportunity that we have but i think we all appreciate it just that little bit more and the thing with this band is that you guys have always been working you know you 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 know since you guys have kind of gotten back into this zone of record tour record tour you haven't stopped i mean the last 20 years has been very very busy for simple minds especially let's like, say the last 15 it's just been you guys have been working 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 prolific putting out records so i imagine when you do have to stop and you're having so much fun it's like why (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean but again thankfully the nature of our work meant that we could i mean because we were actually on tour about 10 dates in right i remember that when it came you know crashing to a halt and we all found ourselves suddenly back home um, but you know, after a couple of months when we thought, you know, I remember that was like March and we thought, well, we'll be back out in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> Once the summer came, it's like, no, we're not back out in the summer. And you know what? They're saying we won't be back out next summer either. What are we going to do? Well, as I say, fortunately, although there was still, you know, we had to jump through hoops and we had to deal with legislations and we countries opening and shutting yeah. and bubbles and all that stuff. We had to get on with being creative because that really is, we couldn't just sit it out. Um, um, we just couldn't do that. So within a few months, I mean, Charlie was always working. That's a great thing that technology yeah. as this is as well. Of course. Um, Charlie kept working away and sending me stuff and, and I was revising other older ideas that we had and, and we were, as soon as we get the chance to get in a room together, we're just going to get get on with this. And and within a few months, we could travel to certain places. And I guess the results of that is direction of the heart because we probably spent the best part of a year locked in a room together. And um, <laughs> thankfully, we get on. Right. So, yeah, I was going to so, say, it's a, you get along, so that's a good thing. That always helps, yeah. And I imagine that when you when you do um, get a chance to be intimate together in a room where you're, you're you're able to be together and and you are such you know old friends and and good friends, it's got to be nice in a way to have no distractions and to be able to say, hey, you know, I know uh, normally we would have this engagement, we'd have to go to this, or we, or, but now we can just really focus. And in a way, all the noise just goes away, and you can and you can sit and really do what you you guys first you know, found the love to do together. That is so true. I mean, I mean, it is, it, it is a, it's an interesting question to ask yourself. So, so what are the positives that came out of this sure. COVID experience? I mean, one of the things live, for instance, there is that I was actually worried about not singing for two years because 
you know, there's a lot of muscles mm. you're using, and if you're not using them, common sense tells you that, you know, it, it's it's hard to get it up to scratch again and all that. So I was worried about that. However, it would seem, first of all, it wasn't an issue, and it would seem that maybe I even benefited from the rest. Right. You know, from having a – because you don't think about that. You know, it's all right building muscles and all that, but you do need to take a rest. So coming back, far from that side of things being – but but in relation to what you're saying there, there's an interesting thing. I was thinking about how in the early days, one of, because this is also the 40th anniversary coming up of New Gold Dream, and I was thinking about that record, how we made it, and I was thinking about those records at that time we made it and, and who we were. And, of course, what we were was <laughs> we were young guys with nothing else in our lives. Right. So you've really got that burn, you know. No wonder. It doesn't matter who you are, Bob Dylan or whatever, Bruce Springsteen, those first three or four records were 100% commitment. Yeah. Nothing to lose. 24 hours a day, just can't believe anyone's giving you money to have a recording studio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, so you you do it all. Fast forward a bit if you're lucky enough to have success. Fast forward a bit if you're lucky enough to have the other things that most people in life need, family and all that. Oh, that's great. But all that's a bit of a distraction as right, well. Right. Because right, right. there's only so much time in the day. And whereas before you were, you know, Totally committed to that. Anyway, the point being was that during COVID, there was nothing else to do. There was absolutely nothing else happening. Yeah. There was nothing happening. No, you know, even the football games and all that. And there was nothing happening. So it was like, let's get on with it. Yeah. And and um, and also in relation to what I was saying there, we're at an, our kids are grown up and all that now. So we we can you know, all those responsibilities are kind of past yeah. by now. Grandkids maybe, but 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 um point being was we were in a room together laser focused on the yeah. work. Kinda like in the old days. Kinda like in the old days. And I think you can feel some of that commitment in the record as well, where we really got the bit between our teeth again. So uh, this is a, it's a great segue to one of the questions I wanted to ask about the record. And I do have some questions about some of the songs, but Human traffic. Um, there is some stuff that's going on with the vocals that brought me right back to something off Sister Feeling Call, um, 70 Cities as Love Brings the Fall. And there's just seems to be an approach on the record where there's these interesting harmonies that you used to do, um, where there was a low and a high and that are mixed in there. And I see them, I, I, well, I don't see them, I hear them on this record a lot. And I don't know if that has to do with you guys being back in that room being laser focused with no other responsibilities, but some of that came out in the music. And I don't even know if you realize it or, or if this was a conscious thing, but when I heard that, I was like, Oh my God, this is like stuff from 1981 that I'm hearing that's coming back into the music. And it makes sense. It's your music, but do you, do you, am, am I anywhere close to the mark on this? Well, I think there is stuff going on with the vocals on this that either hasn't been around for a long time right, or, or is even maybe perhaps taking something that hasn't been a long time around for a long time and elaborating on it because mm -hmm. I think the vocal, the harmony thing you're talking about, I think they're one of the highlights um, of the record. And we, we, we did use them in most of the songs. We, we borderline almost got carried away with, with it, but 
it sounded really good and and sounded became such a, a feature of the record. Yeah, in those early records, there are some of the quite eccentric vocals going yeah, on, yeah. were kind of fearless and tried stuff. Sometimes it worked better than than others, but I think in general this is a real. It's very much an art rock record again. Yes, I mean, it is. And, it and, is, and, and I that really is the roots of Simple Minds, yeah. and it's the roots of some of the records I think you've got by your side there. <laughs> I can't. I, can, I mean, as the band developed beyond that, okay, that's art rock. That's yeah. not rock and roll. Um, when you get to something like Waterfront, that's rock. Right. Right. But but the stuff you've got in your hand there's art rock and and there's a pop element but it's quirky i've had you mentioned human traffic there i mean i on one hand one part of me thinks well listen to that chorus and listen it's an out and out pop song oh yeah well there's but but it's a bit of it's almost like a marriage of of the stadium anthem rock and the art rock beautifully together and it's it is but but it but it makes sense because you're taken from yourselves. <laughs> so it's okay. Well, that's right. We're taking those components and, and it's it's also got a, a kind of wink when it's 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 really having fun, but at the same time, what other pop song would have a, a chorus where the lyric is high on fumes and misery? Yeah. And yet it makes you feel good. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think, you know, it's like who's gonna punch the air to that? This <laughs> is as 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 this playing, I wanna punch the air and I go. High on fumes and misery, <laughs> um, um, but but is that not the world we are in? Right, and, and is that you know, is that not the, the dichotomy of trying to keep positive within this crazy world we're particularly in right now? I think it's um it, it's a great record. Um, I love the track. I, I find that if you guys um you couldn't have done a better job on the track listening and, and the track running order um it just really does bring you somewhere um you know you start you. off start off with vision thing which is is the single that uh you know people are listening to but then you go to first you jump and first you jump is just so so catchy and it's just yeah. so wow it's and and the one word i wrote back wrote when i listened to it after two or three times is just wow because it really just has this wow factor to it and but there are a lot of dark you know, underlining themes in this record, which are very ironic with the 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 happy feel that you're getting from the music. I think there's a really sweet spot between um, light and dark, sweet mm. and sour, sad and happy. There's a really sweet spot somewhere to be found in all those polemics. Mm. And if you can get it in music, um, for instance, the first track vision thing, you'll know from reading and stuff. Um, just as we started the record, and that was the first piece of music, we were only days in when um, we found out the news that my dad hadn't been feeling that great and everything was so much worse than we'd imagined. And that, um, well, it over, they then overshadowed the next week or two weeks. But he, he, um, he was adamant and we were working nearby. He lived only 15 minutes away. We were working in my place. He lived only 15 minutes away. It would have driven him crazy if we stopped working or, or had down tools and stuff. So, so, um, you know, we would work and then even though he's my dad, he's my best friend. And as it turns out, Charlie, who lived in the same street as me since we were eight year old kid, he knew my dad his whole life. And as he grew up, my dad was his friend as well. It wasn't just my dad. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of shattered, but 
you know, you got to work, you got to work. And, and, um, and the first song I realized at the end of the day, I'd go up and he would talk and he would reminisce and all this stuff. He knew he didn't have a long time to live and wanted to express stuff. And, and, um, and, you know, you, when you're writing, I, I always wrote in the morning, got up early and I would write whatever was coming out me. And it was so much influenced by the stuff he was saying. Right. And, and, and I realized, I realized I was writing a song about him. I tell you a funny bit of this is that we're sleeping. I was sleeping next bedroom to him. As I was listening on the headphones, I was doing, I was banging my feet. And as I took up it, he would scream through, you're making me fucking crazy with this noise. And I can't say to him, shut up. I'm writing a song about you because that's just not the kind of people we are. Right. But he said, what is this thing you're playing? And I shall play you it. That sounds pretty good. Um, um, that, yeah, I think that'll be good, Dad. I said, well, you know, let me work on it then. Just quit kvetching. And, and, and uh, um, the song, from when I told my friend I'd written this song about Dad who passed away, and, you know, let me hear it. When I sent him it, he came back to me. He said, I'm not disappointed. You know, I thought it would be, I said, you thought it would be some forlorn ballad, sentimental. That's not Dad. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's a celebration of life. And it's a celebrate vision thing. It's the vision he gave us, but not just him. It's a vision, you know, our teachers are, we came from a great, oh, I like, I see your dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she just came um, back from a walk. <laughs> great. Um, 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 it's a song about and all the people who influenced us. Sure. So the first verse is, is dad, but then it gets more expansive. But, um, but that's the point, you know, when you say you, you, there are certain things, a song like Who Killed Truth anyway. Well, apart from the pandemic and all that, when you think of the political scenes in the last few years as well and all that, I mean, that's the stuff that comes out of you. But but somehow I always feel with Simple Minds, uh, that's when I say the sweet spot, it, it somehow is still uplifting. There's still yeah, a feeling always. of uh, all things must pass. Always. And, and it's always been music that's given me hope and that's given me, you know, it, it just brings me joy. You know, I'll, I'll, that's a wonderful thing. And it's, and it's the truth. And, you know, all these stories you're telling me, I find it incredible how you know, you're talking about writing a song and your dad at the age you're at, your dad's getting mad at you, but banging your feet. I mean, that's probably yeah. something that would happen to you when you first started the band. So <laughs> it's incredible how it's all full circle. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, and I mean, I was thinking of that whole scene. I bought the house he was in and I would say to him, shut up. I bought the house. And he would say to me, I gave you the first hundred pound to start the band, which was true. <laughs> so we would have this, you know, this thing. And, and my dad always encouraged, I mean, he, we could swear or anything. He didn't care about that. That's not, yeah. he cared that we read books. He cared that we would be keen on education. He cared, but, we were just like guys and he yeah. loved the band as well. He loved simple minds. He, he loved, uh, um, he loved the fans. He, he, he thought it was a positive thing as well. And, um, nothing made him happier than, um, when we're, than when we were producing. So, um, it was sad, but it was all good as well. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. I, I lost my, my dad about four years ago. And, and it's a really weird thing to happen. Um, because it's, it's, it's really the end of something. And then 
all of a sudden I look at, you know, I look at my son and I look at him through very different, uh, very different lens. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, and it's amazing the things that I'm seeing him do that yep. I, I, I'm like, I understand now why my dad would get upset when I would do that. And I can't tell him because he's only going to understand if he's ever in my situation, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah, life is a trip. And, and I, and I really think that, you know, we're talking about positive things from the pandemic. I think the positive thing that I got from the pandemic was realizing that there are certain things that are more important than the things I thought were important and it's family and it's friends and it's, it's how you spend your time. And the fact that you guys spent your time writing this record is great because I think people are really going to dig it. We hope so. I mean, um, listen, when you do the records and say really, even it's all message in a bottle stuff. We have no music is subjective. We have a certain confidence that, and this, this is the opposite of our arrogance. We have a certain confidence that if we like something, there's a chance other people might like it too. First of all, you hope they get to hear it, but there's a chance they might like it too because what's so special about us? So if we like it, there's a good chance. But I felt in terms of we could tell within the culture, we hoped. We, we hoped we weren't kidding ourselves on, but it – it all sounded good coming out the speakers and 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 um there's a few records some records you have to wrestle to the ground yeah yeah some records you go in and you yourself might be not so might be um lacking confidence or lacking energy or whatever but all of that stuff was was there and charlie was coming up with great tunes we had the time to kick the tires on them yeah um, yeah quite a few we thought that's finished then a week later we'd go it's not finished um there's a difference between good and great and 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 we we have to get neither great so we had the commitment the desire and and you know all of those things you kind of take for granted when you're 18 but yeah when you're older and you've been around the block a few times and you know are we going to really go with this? Are we going to drive ourselves nuts trying to get this right? Yeah, we are. <laughs> and that's, that was kind of the attitude. Um, you mentioned it's the 40th anniversary of uh, New Gold Dream this year. Uh, I saw that there was something planned. I don't know if the show's been played already, but I, I couldn't get to it because it was too far away. <laughs> but uh, is there a plan to celebrate that record this year? Well, you know what? There's, it, um, well, we did. We The last date of the tour was in Edinburgh. Right. Two weekends ago. That was the one where you did the full record. We played New Gold Dream in its entirety. That sounds very sort of pompous, but it's actually quite a short record. Yeah. <laughs> Eight songs and an instrumental. So it was you know, 42 minutes or whatever. But it was beautiful and it was really, it was a special feeling that night. And amongst the special feeling every night, but it was a really special feeling that night with people that, for a lot of people, that is the Simple Minds landmark record, even if mm. it's not our most commercial. So that that was something. Um, we're actually due to film uh, a, a special, one of these things of where the band play their classic albums. Sure. And we're, we're, we're due to film that in about two weeks' time. Um, we're not doing well, There's a beautiful place outside of Glasgow called Paisley Abbey. We're doing it there. And there's, there's no crowd. And I'll tell you why. There's no crowd. So wow, that sounds a bit mean. You're going to play this thing. And there's New Gold Dream has this kind of subtlety to it that if there's a crowd in there, yeah. I'll end up jumping up and down and asking for audience response and all of that stuff. 
and that's not what that record is about. So we're going to set up, um, it's in a really beautiful place, beautiful light, stained glass windows and all that, coinciding with the kind of artwork, the New sure. Dream Celtic artwork. And so that's going to be something. Um, unfortunately, the tour that we just finished, obviously, was postponed from two years ago. This was the time to do it. Right. So it kind of meant that New Gold Dream got kind of edged out as this thing was obliged right. to, uh, to happen. So there hasn't quite been the song and dance we would like to have made about it. But through time, we will get to – we actually have a classical recording of it as well, and we're trying to find the right time to put that out. Um, done at Abbey Road and all that stuff. Um, but you know, it's this thing after two years now, it's like there's this glut of activity, and <laughs> right, yeah, let's get it right. So, um, we got to go next month or October with Direction of the Heart and give it a little space and you know, do some jumping up and down on its behalf, and then, um, you know, we'll get back to New Gold Dream. And that's one of the things when you have, you know, the catalog that you guys have um, and the celebrations of these records that people want to have. And it's, you know, it's commonplace now with with um, with bands that do have extensive catalogs and, and popular catalogs. People want that celebration of that recording. And, you know, as much as you said, you know, the pompous, like we're going to play it in its entirety. That's what fans love. Yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, I I, I think we want that, events. Yeah. that's one of the issues you're going to have is that you know, the anniversaries of some of these records that are coming up are important records in people's lives. Like yeah. you know, Sparkle in the Rain, you, that, yeah. that, I mean, that's an album you're going to have to do in front of people because you're going to have to be, that's that's a very uplifting record. <laughs> well, I can't, it's a loose thought, but it's not a bad thought. And since you're such a connoisseur, I, I, I get the feeling you'll like this idea. But since in the next two or three years, because those records were made in such a, a short space of time. Yeah. Couldn't we just do a gig of all three albums? Yes. Uh, New Gold Dream, Sparkle, and Once Upon a Time. Yes. And, and because they're all quite short records, so, you know, it would be extensive, but not like, you know, uh, please let me go home extensive. <laughs> um, 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 uh, um, and it'd it look pretty good on a poster. It definitely would. Um, I think that's the other thing I like about you is that you guys aren't, you're not afraid to celebrate the past, but stay firmly planted in the present with, you know, with new records like Direction of the Heart. So I think that's, it's nice because some bands will rest on their laurels and say, well, we wrote our best stuff 40 years ago. Let's just celebrate that. But you seem like you constantly want to be creating. I know you you did Direction of the Heart. Was there other stuff that didn't make it to this record that since you had the time to sit together, I can just see by your expression that there is. <laughs> My two favorite songs didn't make it. How about that? Really? Really, yeah. And and when I say my two, yeah, just two songs that I thought they're the ones. And um we'll get back back to them. And really what I mean, I think, well, there's including the sort of bonus tracks, I think there's eleven tracks there, but we probably worked on twenty-two. Okay. I'd say, you know. Easily six could have swapped with what's on in terms of a quality. So it wasn't wheat and chaff. The, the quality was really, but there was a feeling of certain songs somehow didn't fit quite as well with others. Right. Politically. 
Um, um, and my two favorite songs in the end, I had to concede, were a bit outsider. And had they gone on, I think they might have become other people's favorite songs too, or an amount. But would a it's a different movie. Yeah. So, so to, it's, it's a different movie. And and so hey, listen, it's not bad to kickstart things again, thinking, oh, my two favorite songs. Um um, you know, it feels to me we would be starting with two aces. Right. And and and, and that's not a bad uh thing. Um, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Uh, I, I hope that there's going to be some dates announced for North America. Otherwise, I'm going to have to look for travel arrangements. <laughs> and you're in Montreal just, just now? Yeah. You're bad. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah. So Montreal, places like that, geez, the, the support they gave Simple Minds in the early days, I can't tell you. Yeah. Well, because you know, it, it was always ahead of the game. It was yep. always ahead of yep. the states. I mean, the station, the, the radio station that I work for, Shom, was one of the first stations of to play course. in North America. And of course, you know, R- Ruben Fogel, one of the first people to bring you here. I mean, Ruben for of course, it's Ruben. still it, it's still legendary. When 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 yeah, you, absolutely, you know. I, absolutely. I mean, those guys really gave us a break. Yeah, for me, it was it was all about love song way before it was about don't you forget right. about me so <laughs> right. but uh jim thanks so much for taking the time uh direction of the heart is a great record i can't wait for people to hear it and uh and i'm really really glad that you got um that special time to to spend with charlie and to be able to spend that time with your dad because if you if it if there wouldn't have been a pandemic you might have been somewhere else and not been able to do that so i think everything kind of worked out that's right listen dad was unlucky when i think of kids that lose their parents much younger my heart really goes out to them um yeah we we had, we had the greatest time lovely jason thank you very much great talking to you you too thanks again all right pal bye-bye right. bye bye well happy you seemed sir right happy you seemed it's yeah. um you know I've heard this amazing thing the other day about just, uh, and they're not a one-hit wonder by any stretch of the imagination. They've had a, mm-hmm. they've had a long, incredible career. But it's interesting how some people spend their entire life trying to play a song that will last forever. Yes, and then they, as soon as they get there, then they spend the rest of their career trying to make sure that that's not the only song that people know them from. Right, and it's uh, it's interesting how they, you know, you, as you're telling me kind of got into this don't you forget about me song uh ki- not kicking and screaming but with some reluctance and yeah. uh i'm trying i'm trying to think like i'm trying i'm trying to think if like the only song well not the only song but if a song like a poser like me would hear and recognize them for is a song that they initially didn't even want representing them in the first place what that does yeah, no. it's. I mean, it's 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 funny, and a lot of people don't know that they just assume that they wrote it. Um, mm. But you know, they put out "Once Upon a Time" after, um, and that album, you know, "Alive and Kicking." You know, everybody knows that song. They, they had some huge hits after that, and uh, they're but they're a band that they're they're really a band that has a very 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 loyal fan base. Uh, they've been putting out albums for a long long time, mm-hmm. and uh, I got really excited when Jim alluded to a tour where they would play three albums, the, the, the Holy Trinity, a lot of people call them in, in the simple minds world, they would play new gold dream sparkle in the rain. And once upon a time, they're all about 40 minutes long. So it would be a perfect show. 
you know, you would have two a little over two two and a half hours of Simple Minds, and it would be those three albums. So he mentions that, and I'm wondering if that's what's going to happen because they have been known to pay tribute to records. They played all of uh, of um, they played all of New Gold Dream recently mm. in Scotland. So we'll see if that happens. And I, I'd be very very happy if if they do a tour where they play all three of those records. That'll be mind blowing. I'll definitely try to go to two or three of those shows. And when they came to Montreal, I went the next day to go see them in Toronto. Okay. I took yeah. the train and they, they invited me. Do you want, do you want to come to Toronto tomorrow? I was like, yes. And I got on a train the next day and I went to Toronto and it was an incredible night. Incredible it's night. like, it's like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Can I come on your bus? <laughs> it's like, no, take the train. Pass. Yeah. Well, we weren't really friends. You know what no. I mean? It wasn't like, it wasn't like a Mastodon situation where, you know, Bill's like, Hey, you know, ride the bus with me. And I was like, really? But no, this was more like, I, yeah, I just met them the night before. It's like, Bill, I would ride in the back of your bus on skis. If it means I don't have to pay for a train ticket. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would take the train. <laughs> all right. Well, look, th- thanks for, uh, for humoring me on this one. This meant a lot. And, um, I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank my co-host Ryan stick for Julia Kajerski, our producer who you finally got to see behind the scenes, um, for a second there who didn't re- con- entirely remember the story the way I did. That's why you need to have people around you that remember things. And that's why I guess you kind of, it, it just shows you how certain people remember certain things a different yeah. way. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll remember something from your own perception. I'll remember it from my perception yeah uh it's amazing how sometimes uh stories especially if people who like tend to put a little rosé on every story they tell they yeah. kind of remember the exaggerated version of it but yeah t- to julia she's like oh yeah that time we met that band jason likes and we talked about booze i think um yeah. to yeah. you who probably replayed every exact moment of that conversation later as you went to sleep that night yeah exactly thinking wow i can't believe i met simple minds remember when they said this 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 and this yeah like you know you put more data into the computer that is your brain of what happened and she did a quick scan you know exactly yeah she was like "Eh, okay whatever yeah exactly and dudes yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to her and thanks to you and thanks to our, our sponsor, Heartbeat Hot Sauce, to Studio House Designs for always making us look good. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Rockman Power Hour.